Hey, I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. Hope you enjoy the message. All right. Well, good morning. We're going to jump into... Look it up. <laughs> um... You guys are special. Um, so if you sat in the back today, you missed out on this front row, front two rows leading worship today. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, that's special. Uh, Kennedy, I hope you know how special it is. You got a crew wanting to celebrate this day with you. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Um, that's pretty neat. So I'm going to muddle through a message here because the message has already been preached. Because that's exactly what baptism is, is to say, listen, folks, what I want to do is live my life for Jesus. Baptism is saying, I'm, I, I know who I've been and who I, I want to be. And what I need to happen is I am going to go under the water as an as a object lesson, divine object lesson to say the old me is gone and the new me is coming up. Because of the death and resurrection of Christ and the sacrifice he has made, something supernatural happens in this moment of saying to the world, I once was this and now I am this. And as a public declaration to everyone to say, this is who I want to be now. And so the object lesson for us today is to say, Kennedy has gotten the whole stinking Timber Ridge Middle School to come and, and to say, listen, folks, I know who I was. And who I want to become. And I need help. Because I don't know if you noticed this, but being a teenage girl is tough. I know it was really tough when I was a teenager. But... <laughs> it was really tough when I was a teenager. I suffered from an eating disorder. Didn't know it was then, but it was depression and anxiety. All kinds of nasty stuff that the Lord delivered me from. Because of a community of believers believing in me and walking with me. So, let's just go ahead and wrap it up and baptize them. <laughs> um, but that's, I mean, like, the message is preached in people. And that is, is beautiful. And so we're going to be in Colossians today. We're going to dive into Colossians chapter 2. Because Paul is explaining baptism and the beautiful reclamation work that it is doing in Colossians. Baptism is an ancient practice. It's not just held to what Jesus and John the Baptist are doing and what the, what the disciples are doing. It's not held there. It is much more uh, deeper ingrained into Jewish theology than that. And we often overlook that. We see what John the Baptist does and we go, oh. He's baptizing Jesus. And then the little dove thing comes over Jesus' head. and This is my son. And all, all, all that stuff happens and wonderful and beautiful. And it's happening again and over and over again in Acts as well. But it, there, it didn't all the just, John the Baptist didn't invent baptism. Sometimes we think like that. Well, his name is John the Baptist, so he must have invented it, right? No, it goes back farther and farther and farther and farther. It's ingrained into the Jewish uh, identity of how they walk with God. Corporately, I kind of think this starts, well, Noah and the great flood is a baptism of the whole world. You were wicked, the flood comes, new birth happens. The old is gone, new happens. Okay, that's early Genesis. 
And then we get to the Red Sea, where the whole nation of Israel is being redeemed from slavery. And they go under the water, and they come out what? A free people. They were slaves, now they are not. Amazing, beautiful action happening. (laughs) Go. So then you have... Uh, you have, we have that repeated over and over and over and over and over again in the Old Testament. If you're looking for it, you'll see it. If you're not looking for it, you just will blow, go blow through it, which is so easy to do. But if you look through it, sometimes I get a brand new, fresh Bible, just absolutely, because I've read it a lot. You, you, I know you're going, I hope so, Jared, but I've read the, the scriptures a lot, and sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I know that one. And you, it's kind of like watching your favorite TV show on the 30th time you've seen this episode. It's like you can mindlessly just go with it. You, you could be the laugh track. My dad could do this for MASH. Uh, so like, you, have, you have certain stuff going on there uh, with that. And sometimes the scripture gets that way. So I try to pick a brand new translation, a brand new fresh Bible, and go, all right, we're going to read it. But we're going to read it with, when I'm looking for all the ways in which I can see Jesus and redemption stories all throughout the Bible. And then, so all the highlights in that scripture and that whole Bible will be about redemption stories. Now, that may, that's just for my personal time of, of trying to connect with the Lord because I need a fresh lens, a fresh idea of thinking about it. Maybe that's uh, something you've been feeling a little stagnant in your faith walk. Maybe that'd be a good thing for you to jump onto today. But this idea of baptism continues to come back and for, up and up and up in throughout the scripture and uh, it's kind of capitalized in the New Testament because the choice to follow Jesus, the choice to give our lives to Jesus, to say, I need what you have, which is grace, which is redemption, which is love, which is mercy, to set me on a new path. The old way in which I was doing things is messy, nasty, yucky, blech. And I need a new way of walking. And so when we grab a hold of uh, what even what baptism is, it's, to say, it's a celebration of that. Now, we come from different traditions in this uh, service this morning. There's people who from all kinds of different uh, traditions that have experienced baptism in some way, in, in different ways. Some have been sprinkled, some have been dunked, some have been fully put under, some have uh, just been wiped with water on their forehead. There's, I don't know if you saw the picture of, uh, there's an Eastern Orthodox uh, priest like in the Ukraine who's taking a baby, it was really, really popular like on TikTok, but he's taking the baby and like flipping it over and dumping it in the water and then flipping it over. And we're not doing that today, I promise, all right? We're not, we're not, we're not doing that today. That's interesting. Uh, so I'd be, yeah. Uh, now when I baptize my son, yes, uh, but... Uh, there was, there's all kinds of different traditions in that, at different stages in people's lives in which that takes place. And we'll get to go deal with that in just a second. But baptism is three things. It is a mark of a changed life. It is an announcement of that change. And it is an act of obedience. Where we get the word baptism is baptizo, to immerse or to plunge. I love both of those words, we immerse ourselves in the love of God and come out changed. But how do we do that? Do we put our tippy toes in? No, you can't just tippy toe. I remember a couple years ago, uh, we were doing baptism service and the water was probably 110 degrees. 
I was cooking. I could feel it. Like, I was like, hmm, I am going to be boiling. Anybody have some Jared's soup today is what we're going to be serving later. And I told the, the candidates, hey, the water's hot. And none of them believed me. They walked in, it really is hot. You're only going to be in here for a second. Let's get you out. Right? But it was really, really hot. I couldn't, but I couldn't just be like, you know what? I'm going to baptize you just with my toes in. You got you to get immersed. You got to jump into it. And so how do we live this life? of following Christ, do we just put our toes in? It might be a little too cold. It seems a little hard. It's hot. We just dive in. I was a swimmer for 12 years, a competitive swimmer for 12 years. And uh, I know you can tell by my physique. Uh, but <laughs> it was a long time ago. Uh, so a competitive swimmer. And you could always tell the difference between a competitive swimmer and someone who just kind of does it for, for fun or or whatever. Because someone who just does it for fun will dip their toes in and be like, I don't want to do it. And I guarantee you, everybody who does it competitively doesn't want to do it either. Every day you walk up there, you're like, but I don't want to spend the next two hours going back and forth in this pool with everything in my body hurting. Right? Mildly suffocating myself for two hours. I don't, this is, this is not what I want to do. But if you're a competitive swimmer, you don't put your toes in because you don't care what temperature is because your coach doesn't care. And if you don't jump in, there's going to be kickboards thrown at your head. What you do is you dive in. You fully immerse. You plunge all the way in. You don't just like give it a test drive. Not going to do it today, coach. What are you talking about? You're not going to do it today. You're going to get in there. When we think of baptism, it's like, ah, we don't, we don't just kind of choose. Today, I'm going to do it. Today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dip my toes in and see if the temperature's right, if the worship team's on point, if you know, my, my Devo time is perfect, if the Bible just happens to open to the right life-giving page, if my podcast is there, then I'll do what uh, I'll live for Christ. If everything in my life and my health report is perfect, then I'll live for Jesus. No, that's not how this works. We follow a life of, of baptizo, to plunge, to immerse to jump all the way in. So that's what we're celebrating today. Uh, verse 12, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You may have experienced baptism in a different tradition, like what I talked about before. You've had all kinds of different stuff. In the Catholic Church, the infant baptism is a sacrament. It's basically, to really dumb it down, and, and please don't be offended uh, in this, but it's just kind of like encapsulating it really easily, is infant baptism is to say you're good for original sin. Okay, so baptism covers, cleans us with grace. Uh, infant baptism doesn't, in, in different traditions, original sin's gone. Cool. And that's supposed to cover you as a child until uh, your first communion, where grace can be instilled again. I know, I'm simplifying like 2,000 years of theology right into to a 30 seconds. I get it. Uh, but that's what it's for. The beauty in that is infant mortality rates and child mortality rates were so high that parents were so worried about their kids and what their, their kids' destination because if you had five kids, two or three of them might, will probably perish. So to provide the mercy and the grace and to say, hey, Jesus is with your children. He is with you. The, the theology behind infant baptism developed to say, hey, we're going to take care of original sin so that you're good to go. You don't have to worry about little Susie Marie Johnson. Whatever you can, I'm, I don't know. But that's, that's how, where that kind of came from. 
Okay, that's how we transform from uh, adult baptism, believer baptism, that was an early church into infant baptism because it was something we could control in that moment. I hope that makes sense to you. And so if you come from a Catholic background, our baptism is not invalidating that baptism. It's not saying, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You were wrong. No, 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 no. That's not, we're not in competition. <laughs> All right, the grace of Jesus is beautiful. And so uh, what we do instead of a uh, infant baptism is we have child dedication, which is basically a baby will be born in a couple months whenever the parents uh, want, or years, um, or if whenever they come to the church, we will do a child dedication and say, hey, church, we want you to join in with this family to help raise this child the best in a Christ-loving home the best way you know how. And so this is no longer just a parents have to do it all, the, the spiritual rearing. It's together we're going to do this. And that's what we've kind of put in that place and what the tradition and our tradition has developed, if you've ever wondered. But that's what we kind of got going on here. Our child dedication is not a sacrament. It's not necessary for salvation. But it is a beautiful practice to join the child and the church family. So if you have questions about baptism or you, you, I've experienced baptism in other ways, um, that's kind of how the, the really bare bones way of explaining the differences in that and why we do things a little bit differently. Baptism is a mark of a changed life. It's a declaration for change to those around you. It's a real life experience that you can point back to and say, I once was this and now I am this. I, um, I was baptized pretty young uh, in the, a pool uh, in the backyard of someone because we had a church plant and we had no baptistry. And so um, that's where I was baptized, I think seven then. But when I was a teenager, I said, I know who I am now and I know who I want to be. And this is, they're not lining up. <laughs> and so I, I was baptized again. Because I knew who I was, where I wanted to be, and I knew those were different. Baptisms in the New Testament, specifically before Jesus, were a lot like this. John the Baptist, where people were coming out to the desert because they knew their lives weren't going the way in which they wanted them to go. And they're just like, hey, I need redemption. I need to change my ways. I need, something needs to happen there. And it's a public declaration of me saying, hey, I need this to be changed. Um, and so baptism is a mark of a changed life of saying, hey, I have given my life to the Lord and I'm changing my ways. Baptism is an announcement of that change. It's a clear announcement to those around you to say, hey, I'm putting to death the old me and a new me is rising through the blood and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful object lesson of going under the water and then coming out. Your old self dies and a new creation comes up. Colossians 2, 12 to 14. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all of our sins. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Verse 14, I've been, our men's group talked about this on Wednesday, but we were running out of time. But this idea of taking the sins of our past and nailing them to the cross. Like, 
the permanence of that. If you want something to stick, right, you take out a nail. Bam! That's not going anywhere, right? You know, this is not super glued. This is not duct taped. This is not 3M stripped where you could easily remove it without any issues, right? This is taking a nail. It's going to cause permanent change, and we're nail, it's being nailed to the cross. I think often we view our sins and our past and our issues and our, uh, even our addictions or our patterns as removable. Like, ooh, I kind of want that one back. I go up there and just grab it, pull, pull it off. And we're saying it's been nailed to the cross. Your past has been permanently removed, paid for, bought. Baptism is an act of obedience. We were told in Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, to repent and be baptized. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. What must I do to be saved is the question that's being asked. Why is this important? Because repentance is changing the way in which we do things. Repentance is I've come in contact with the love of God and I'm no longer satisfied with the way in which I live today. I want different. Repentance is to aim differently. We talk about sin a lot of the time. The definition of sin is to miss the mark. Well, if we re- Jeremy's out hunting deer today. Punk. No, Jeremy's out... <laughs> When Jeremy was hired here a year and three months ago, he was like, listen, Jared, I would love to work at the church, but I just go ahead and tell you, uh, November, the third third Sunday of November, I will always take off. He's like, I don't care about Christmas. I don't care about all this stuff. I'll be there. Third Sunday. So that's why. So apparently he's already gotten two deers, Lucas told me today. And uh, so he did not miss the mark. But if you're calibrating your gun and you're shooting and you're continually missing the mark, a lot of times in our lives... It feels like I'm doing the best I can, and I continue to miss the mark. Me and every math class I ever attended, I continue to miss the mark. Because I need to calibrate my aim in a way in which I can hit it repeatedly. Repentance is that recalibration. I thought I was aiming at the target. I shot the gun. I shot the arrow. I shot whatever it is, and I missed it by three feet. If I continue, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to aim it because it couldn't be me that's wrong. It's the gun or the sight or the bullet. I'm going to aim again and shoot. You didn't change anything. I missed it in the same spot, three feet to the right. Wait a second. Because often we live that way, right? We're like, ah, I'm not getting the results I want. My life's still a mess. All this stuff's going on. There's just a bunch of junk going on. Oh, well, it's somebody else's fault because I... I'm aiming that gun. No, no, no. Repentance is like owning it and saying, listen, I'm missing the mark. I need to do something different. I'm going to change the way in which I am aiming. And repentance and belief in Jesus Christ is to say, all right, Lord, I obviously can't hit this mark. I've been trying to do it. I've been trying to do it. I've been trying to do it. I'm just getting mad. I'm just getting frustrated. And you know what? It's probably a danger to the people around me, the way in which I miss the mark. How about you take this gun and you hit the mark with me? And Jesus says, all right, are you ready to submit to me in this? He grabs it with you, corrects the behavior, and you hit the mark. That's what this is. So if if sin is missing the mark, repentance is recalibrating our aim in Christ Jesus. The act of obedience in 
Baptism is saying, Lord, I need your help in aiming because I can't hit the broadside of a barn. And there's nothing more frustrating in our lives is when we're doing our best and we still feel like we're failing. Whether that's with our kids and our marriage, morally, at school, wherever. It's just so frustrating. Like, I did my best. I recently um, installed a carburetor into my backpack blower. And I did my best. And then it wouldn't start. Because before I installed the carburetor, at least it would start a little bit. But then I got to it, did my best, and it didn't work anymore. Now, anybody who knows me well goes, Jared, you should have never came within 10 feet of trying to fix that, uh, that engine. Fair enough. But I did my best. And what did I have to do? I had to go back to you know, Professor YouTube and figure these things out. I had to recalibrate the things. I had to humble myself because I was like, I can do this. It's like four screws. I should be able to figure this out. I'm, I'm decently smart. I can figure this out. No, I needed to recalibrate myself with humility to say I need help in this. I phoned a friend. I called some people. I had a friend from the ballpark start sending me pictures. Like, and then you do this, and then you do this. That's not very nice. Baptism is the act of obedience until I submit myself to the master, to someone who actually knows what's going on. I'm going to continue to get the same results that I've always gotten. Being baptized is the outward proclamation to the community and the body of believers and to people who aren't believers to say, I'm going to be different. It takes guts to be baptized. Because you're saying, listen, folks, I'm not, this is something I'm doing and I, I'm going to change. I'm going to be different. The other part of that is maybe as gutsy as the first is to say, and I'm going to need help. There are a lot of people that will go through a lot of pain before they say, I need help. I'm going to be different and I'm going to need help. Baptism says, hey, I want to give my life to the, to the Lord. But I also need you to join me in that. Because it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And there's going to be bumps. And there's going to be changes. And there's going to be potholes. There's going to be parts missing that fall on your parking lot. I need help. You were dead because of your sins. And because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of our sins. God makes us alive in Christ. We are dead in sin, but now we are alive. Baptism is the symbol of this rebirth, this new life. How does that work? Functionally, how does it work here? You may be question, have questions. Can you be baptized again if you're baptized as a child? Yes, the answer is yes. If I was baptized as an adult and walked away and need to recalibrate my life, yes, you can be baptized again. Can you be baptized twice in one year? Yeah, you can. Now, if you want to be baptized every week, we have some other issues that we need to deal with. But you can be baptized again. It's, it's not a, uh, it's, it's okay. Because things in life happen where we need to recalibrate our aim. Right? Why should you be baptized? If you've never been baptized and you are a believer in Jesus, you should be. 
for your family, for your community, and most importantly, for you and your walk with God. When should you be, be baptized? As soon as possible, like today. We got extra towels. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's all right. It, as soon as possible. I want you to think about your faith journey. Do you feel like you need to be baptized? Is your faith the example you want set in your family, to your, your kids, to your grandkids, to your parents? Is it time for a declaration that you have a changed life and want to live differently? For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from death. What does it look like for you to trust the mighty power of God today? Folks, I want us to live lives that we turn away from our lives of sin, give our lives to the Lord. First of all, give our lives to the Lord, then turn away from our lives of sin so that we recalibrate. Give our lives to Jesus to say, listen, Lord, I, I keep on missing this thing and I'm a danger to myself. I'm danger to the people around me and I don't know what we're going to hit. But with you guiding my aim and guiding who I am, you will help me hit the bullseye every single time. As we think about our lives, are we tired of being a danger? Are we tired of the way of the results that we're getting? Are we tired of the mess that we continue to make of our lives? This morning, I want you to think about that. Think about how you need to recalibrate. You know what your life is, is preaching. This morning, as a community of believers, a community after Jesus' heart, we say, Lord, we want you to take our lives. That you are, we want to step into the wonderful, wondrous power of the Lord who takes our sin, takes our past, takes our stuff, and nails it to the cross. Not Velcro, not a 3M strip. It's nailed, gone, removed. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are, what you're about, what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we ask you to move in our lives, to do something amazing, miraculous, momentous, that you would be the lover of our souls, the redeemer of our souls, that you would show your mercy and grace to us in amazing ways, that we would feel your redemption act in our lives. As we go through these baptisms today and we celebrate with, with these wonderful people in their uh, act of baptism, their act of obedience, and their dec public declaration of their faith, we ask you to move in us, to guide us. Lord, we ask you to redeem us in this moment. Lord, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my strength. I give you my past. I give you my present. And I give you my future. And I want to walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe, and don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word.
Have a great week.